0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: We're back to the Neil Haley show. And I'm just excited about this guest because when I talk about brand messaging, Glenn does it and he does it so, so well. So I'm excited to welcome to him. Glenn Rudin. Glenn, how are you? We met on Clubhouse in the Million Dollar Room. And I just what I liked about yours, your your energy is that you really want spent time with the people that asked questions you didn't just kind of pass over it. You really wanted to break things down for it. And it's such important brand messaging, I think is probably the biggest missing component for personal brands and the large brands, the, the companies, right?
0: Yes. So first of all, thank you so much, Neil, for having me here. It's it, it's an honor to be on a podcast champion show, uh, which I consider you with, with with all the success you've had here. So thanks so much for taking the time to let me be here and potentially talk to you about what I am so passionate about, which is branding and messaging. Because as I I say to everybody, none of it matters if you can't figure out what to say about yourself, what to write about yourself so that we know what you're trying to accomplish. Because in the absence of that, what in the world are you doing? Who are you reaching And, and what are you saying to them? If you don't know the answers to these questions yourself, there's very little chance we're going to know the answers to those as well.
1: So tell me your background, because, I mean, this is your thing. See, like, I'm a jack-of-all-trades, uh, master of none. Maybe you could say podcasting radio is it, but, I mean, I'm a former professional wrestler. I've done just so many things in my career. I'm an entertainer, but, like, I want to ev- to do everything in marketing. But, mean, be a strategist in everything in marketing now i'm not doing everything or else i wouldn't have any time at all but i really like but everyone does niche down but this one here the reason i think it's such a powerful thing glenn is because so many people don't know their brand they don't know how to create a brand they don't understand what they are and it's so important.
0: they don't and and i come by this through some of the greatest experiences that you could have working for titans and branding uh early early in my career i worked for revlon the cosmetic company and you know even though they they were the preeminent leader in mass women's cosmetics way back when when charles revson started that company and they lost their way a bit and he he got his ego involved in it and they ended up serving a mass market customer as opposed to estee lauder who really, really tailored to the upstairs market and really left Charles Revson no choice way back when. So I started working at Revlon in my 20s, and it gave me an incredible, unique look at the way that marketing people pull together copy and stories about these products. And then they're able to take that, translate that to the, to the men and women that actually work in these departments in Macy's and Bloomingdale's and Nordstrom's, educate those people so that when a consumer is walking by in the store, they are brand ambassadors. They are well-versed. They know there's a stake in it for them. So they get well-versed on what the brands are all about and how to sell them. And so it's a really unique ecosystem. And that's really where I grew up in branding, understanding that it's not just putting a gorgeous product out there but you've got to have a product that somebody understands you've got to have a product that can speak for itself and it's through understanding how that packaging could speak for a product up on a shelf or in a counter that i realized that we are all individual brands and products ourselves and it's really just a question of how we position ourselves literally on the shelf of life that determines whether or not somebody's gonna to wanna to really pick us up, look our label over, and hear what our story is.
1: Brand messaging, but see, this you're Madison Avenue, meaning thinking of when you mention these kind of products, you think about specifically enough these big companies they don't they don't go and say okay let's figure it out the ceo and the people in the board no we're going to hire experts that understand this understand exactly what it, we're talking about we're talking big big companies so you worked in the corporate world what made you want to go on your own glenn did
0: it were, were years working in the corporate world that- yeah, I, I spent probably about a dozen years working for various corporations and and one of the things i really wanted to do was i was really intrigued Um, By the manufacturing side of the business how all of that came together and one of the companies that I was with did a lot of importing from China and I really wanted to get over there really wanted to see how these lots of 15, 20, 50,000 pieces were manufactured inexpensively you know how that happened and through the course of time uh, I created an opportunity for myself to start my own company with uh, believe it or not the Ringling Brothers Circus their division that does the on ice shows. So if you've ever been to a Disney on ice show, that license is held by Ringling Brothers Circus, who are the masters of in venue entertainment and working with them through the course of about a half a dozen years. I created about 600 different products, everything you could think of from the simple t-shirts and hats to light up toys, mugs that would be used to sell drinks and and flavored ice balls, swords that talked, plush dolls, you name it. So I got an entire university of product development expertise by getting to go over in China and working directly on factory floors and understanding how that whole process happens so that I could bring it back and then figure out, okay, now when I create a brand, how am I going to be able to manufacture that? What it's going to, you know, what is it going to look like? What's the labeling going to be? How is it going to speak for itself when it gets up on a shelf? And again, looking at that process and figuring out that people are products too. Yes. So when you talk about branding, Neil, you've got a brand. Your podcast has a brand. You are a product on a shelf. It's the shelf of life. And where people decide to pick you up or not pick you up, all has to do with the messaging you give out, starting with nonverbal brand messaging about yourself then when you say hello, do we like the way you sound? Then when we take a look at you, do we? Of course, we like the way you look. But of course, you know, then that—that's all part of the equation, right? That—that that enables somebody to decide, yes, I—I I want the Neil Healy product, or I don't want it.
1: See, that's a great point. And that's the missing component in so many different people is that thing. But you talk about that. I remember the days when I was wrestling in in, uh, minor leagues of professional wrestling and I sell the merchandise. It's all the different things from WWE, WWF stuff to WCW stuff and all that. And we just know what products are going to sell. What They wanted the shows. Oh, whenever the wrestling dolls on sale, we're picking those up. We'll double and we'll sell the price for double. But when you have an audience, so the message has to be there, but then the audience has to be there. So there's just so much to it. But if you don't have the brand messaging, you don't have a brand, people are not going to buy it. And so you did that, which seems really interesting. But were you a consultant when doing that stuff
0: in China and all that? Oh, no, no, no. I, I had my own companies and, and actually, I, you know, I was gainfully employed by, let's say, a Fortune 1000 gift company. And one of our customers was looking for a resource, this Ringling Brothers that I spoke about. Okay.
1: And that's how you start. I got it. Okay. Yeah, so when did that starting. turn away from that to the, but, man, the manufacturing and to now where you help people with their message, regardless who they are?
0: Well, because about four or five years ago, I started doing some real heavy duty networking in the New York area where I live. And I started realizing that most people are clueless when it comes to their own personal messaging. Now, I'm still in the manufacturing game. I'm working on some really interesting projects for uh, you know, one of the big uh, convenience store chains out west. I'm working on an individual project for a woman, it's emergency signaling device. Uh, I've got a, a key client that I do science education toys for. Uh, that market slowed down a bit because of COVID, but I'm still deeply in that space. But because there's not as many customers in that space or the ones that are there know what they're doing, I'm always looking for more. There's always another inventor that's looking for advice on how do I manufacture my stuff overseas. I'm always looking for those inventors and people that need help in that space. But what I realized was that, again, people are products themselves. And so as I was going to these networking events, I realized that people had a very hard time with a number of things. Number one, public speaking. Yes. Number two, personal imaging. Number three, nonverbal branding. Number four, understanding how all three of those items pull together in this package of who is Glenn Rudin? Who is Neil Healy? And if all those things are not in concert, the way you look, the way you sound, the way you appear, your posture, if all that stuff is not in concert, that we just simply move on to the next person who gets to speak. We're like, we don't understand what he You got to differentiate yourself. Understand. You got
1: to blow people away. And that's what clubhouse brings to the table is it's your voice. And if you don't get over in the first three minutes, you're done. And that it, yeah. when the rooms grew, I don't know if the algorithm's changing or not. I have I'll, this weekend. I'll do some more studying on it. The, I just saw a totally different animal after I took a social audio break for a couple of weeks, which I call, uh, which I called in the club pod room, which we grew to a pretty good size uh, room on Saturday. I call, I called it social audio. So, so when we, when pod fade, I called it social audio fade. So I, got to that point in the summer after six to seven months it was getting old same old same old i walked away then i come back the algorithms have changed so that's the other thing about any thing you have to look at if it doesn't work now let's where are we going to kind of pivot like covid now people are going to have to pivot again And this is where they're going to need someone like Glenn to give up the right messaging so that when they get their product or service out there, it's so, so important. And so I'm loving that where you figured that out and said, I'm going to pivot a little bit. I'm going to help people and all that because the biggest problem is they can't speak. They don't know where they're going, what direction to go. And you saw it so much on Clubhouse where they'd speak for two minutes, but they'd have no idea what they're speaking about their brand at all.
0: Yeah, you know it, what's really interesting is I can't tell you the number of times I'm not even talking about with professional speakers at the National Speakers Association, where you know I'm a member of the uh, of the New York chapter and I've been going for years. So these are professional speakers; these are people who get paid big money to speak for a living. And you know, during breaks, I would say, "Hey, you know, you know, tell me, you know, what what do you do for a living? You know, what do you speak about?" they would go on forget 30 seconds because they're speakers you know once you pull the string they just go running 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 after about two minutes I'd say listen I, I I honestly I have to stop you I I have no idea what you're speaking about I really don't understand what your topic is and they would you know look at me kind of funny you know a little bit of a deer in the headlights thing and then they would realize you know what I, I really am just reeling off all of this saturated stuff out of my topic But I haven't really taken the time to figure out how do I say this to somebody so that in 30 seconds they get it and they're either intrigued and they want to know more or they get it and it's not for them, but they know somebody who is and they say, hey, listen, that's not for me, but I know so and so that could really use your help. So So is that basically an elevator pitch in certain ways? it's, it's It's definitely an elevator pitch for sure. But even, even before it's a full elevator pitch, it's just even a 10 or 12 second introduction. You know, most people start out with, hey, I'm Glenn Rudin. Uh, you know, I'm from uh, from uh, East Northport, New York. Uh, and uh, my company is called Always Been Creative. Yes. You just wasted the first 20 seconds of your pitch. And you haven't told me a thing that matters to me because I don't care who you are. I don't care what the name of your company is. And I don't care where you're from. What do you have
1: for me? So what you have and see, that's a great point, depending on who you are, like for branding purposes, clubhouse by putting nationally syndicated radio and TV host club pod leader and also podcast magazine director that gives it some credibility. And then you tell what you do and help people. But in certain ways, it depends. But it's really about how are you going to show, wow, you I'm you're bigger than a lot of the people out there how are you going to say that wow fact, but if it's somebody else and their expertise level is I help people make money online through SEO, you better t- say that in the first five seconds of your pitch. And, oh. and then I've helped five, hundreds of people increase their, their, their traffic on their website and conversion. Bam, you had it. There you go. That's yeah. low. So you, how big is your audience?
0: You know, your podcast. Yeah, so, so,
1: you. so 5 million people a week. We have uh, 150 plus stations syndicated, all that stuff. I can say that stuff, But again, they're going to find that in the bio on Clubhouse. But if I'm going in a two-minute pitch, but what am I trying to sell people? And that's the big thing. What makes me different? What makes me special? That's what you have to sell to people in 30 seconds or less. And that's hard because you could throw it in so many different directions if you're a jack of all trades, master of none. So you want to get that in. Like when I reached out to you, Glenn, you knew I was in the million dollar room, but you had no idea. But I was able to put it really fast and quick. You want to be on my show, blah, blah, blah. And then that's the end. Now, when you get that elevator pitch or whatever you throw in, either in a DM or something, then once you get them longer, they get to see, oh, my gosh, you have a lot of
0: value. You can bring a lot to the table now now we're engaged and and so the first mistake is the first one that i told you about where people start with name rank serial number i don't care right doesn't really matter to me the next one that they do is they think okay i'm going to get really crafty here i'm going to find a couple of really good college words and i'm going to throw those into the beginning of my pitch and it's like, okay, first college word is a road bump. I got to slow down. I got to stop and think about what that is, what that word is. How does it relate to what you're speaking about? Then people throw the second one in. I haven't recovered from the first one. They continue with the pitch. And now I'm, I'm completely off the road on the shoulder. And I have no idea what the yeah, rest man, of it is. You're definitely seeing it from a is. corporate world about, and I know exactly
1: how you're teaching it. You look at what's the value proposition they have. And what pain point are they fixing? And if you're not putting that in your elevator pitch, then that's it. Like I talked about a new elevator pitch. I help people build websites either for their business or for clients in five to seven days with a system.
2: There's that a is
1: that's a differentiation. If I have about sixty of them. Different things I can do, but that's the pain point. I help people increase their following on social media with no following at all with this system of processes, and, and, and then you don't have to worry about it. But that's the thing. That's what you need to bring if you're giving an elevator pitch. And for Clubhouse, its prestige is Clubhouse. If I'm talking to somebody here, I might say I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm a National City Radio host that's interviewed these celebrities. But is that going to sell somebody? So sometimes your pitch changes based on your audience, right? Glenn? Oh, it has to.
0: It has to. One size definitely does not fit all. I always use this example. If you're a real estate agent and you're going to a convention with other real estate agents, I would think you'd have something completely different to say than if you were going to a convention with first-time home buyers. How could you possibly say the same thing to both of those audiences? You couldn't. You couldn't. You'd look like a fool if you were pitching other real estate agents on selling them houses, right? You wouldn't want that or what it's like to be a first-time home buyer. To the, con- you know, to the contrary, the other side of that, if you were going to this convention with first-time home buyers, you wouldn't be talking to them about why somebody should be joining your agency or why your agency is so unique or how the training that you've gotten in real estate is so spectacular that somebody should leave their agency, join yours so people again don't understand that they pitch this one size fits all and instead of pitching to anyone again you're pitching to almost no one you're hoping that your target audience is out there but chances are they're not and so the way you really go about doing that is you really try and find for me either important facts about your business that will resonate with an audience that understands how those facts impact them or a question that really gets people leaning in and engaged to say, ah, Neil and Glenn have really thought about this, and now they're speaking to me and now they understand. So if I said to you, do you know that 80% of the people I come in contact with struggle with their elevator pitch? Mm, Well, now if you're one of those 80%, you're like, huh, I'm gonna lean in and listen a little bit longer to hear what this guy has to say, right? Well, don't worry, this is what I do. I help people with that 30 second pitch. So they're clearly understood from second 15 onward and they get the engagement they're Uh looking for
1: so quick tips to increase your elevator pitch what should you do
0: well the first one is really come up with a fact or an empathetic point that really addresses the pain that your business is going to address so uh, if you're a not-for-profit what's your charity about who are the people that you're helping how can you get somebody did you know that X amount of people suffer from this disease right yeah. Now, if, if if you know someone that does, even if you don't, that's gonna resonate with you, right? So that to me is an empathetic way of doing it. The other way is using is using a fact. Did you know that 80% of the businesses in the world are able to advance what they do by working with a key podcaster like a Neil Healy? Oh, well, that sounds kind of interesting, yeah. do you know this guy? Oh yeah, I might know him,
1: yeah. See, that's great. And that's the thing, and then the, the process is, understanding and being able to really speak your pitch and believe it
2: because right. if you don't believe
1: it. Forget about it. You, and I can come up with 50,000 different pitches and I've done that in clubhouse where I've gone in. I help, I help busy people. Uh, I came up with one right at the beginning, busy people. I help successful people grow their social media and uh, and uh, traffic based by this. That, so I came up with something, I forget what it was. But meaning you have to address what audience you're speaking to and how that audience changes. And those are great tips. Glenn, where can people connect with you? Where's best place they can go check you out?
0: Always been creative.com for sure. Uh, Glenn Rudin, G-L-E-N-N-R-U-D-I-N. I'm an easy search and I'm a really active participant on LinkedIn, uh, which is to me where everybody should be doing business Today, I'm a regular poster on there. I love connecting with people. I love sharing stories. Uh, every week, I actually do a song for the week, and I tie that big back into my content. On Mondays, I do a quote for the week, tie it back into my content. And I, I happen to love LinkedIn. Uh, now, I'm starting to get a little bit of a following on Instagram. But you know for me, it's all about LinkedIn or alwaysbeencreative.com. Okay. You can yeah. find me at both of those places, and I respond like crazy to whoever gets in touch with me.
1: And I think, I think LinkedIn is going to be back to, we're going to be back to the networking days, even though social audio was such a big trend. I think that I, I told people push all these other networks because everyone's not pitching them. Everyone's going to clubhouse. All the marketers are flooding it. Go back to LinkedIn, go back to Facebook, go back to those places, come up with a way that you're going to be able to network and connect with people and get them on the phone. And then that's when your job comes to place. So we yeah. appreciate it.
0: Yeah. We appreciate in- it. Mention quickly, too. I do have a book coming out in September. All right. That's called A Brand in Your Hand. And uh, this book is a serious business book, but it's written in a very easy way for people to comprehend because it is all written in rhyme like a Dr. Seuss book. But it's a real working book uh, and it's got real worksheets in it. It's all done with gorgeous color. Love it. Yeah, but it's really different. It's uh, it's breakthrough. Uh, you know, in business and life, we might may judge things in a hurry, and you'll lose us when your brand message is blurry. So read these verses for helpful direction, and your brand will look great when it's under inspection.
1: Love it, Glenn. Well, we're going to definitely connect. Appreciate you coming by. And that was an interview with Glenn Rudin on The Neil Haley Show. Take care.
2: Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today.
3: Hi,
1: everyone, and welcome to the Photographic Memory Podcast. I'm excited to welcome from Dr. Shannon Panza. Dr. Shannon, what's going on? How are you?
2: Oh, I'm doing just fine today. I've invited a couple more of my local friends to, to stand in in the background. I hope you appreciate the... Uh, the sulfur crested cockatoos, they visit quite often. Sometimes in my, um, uh, what I call my front yard, I'll have up to 300 of these little buggers uh, picking out onion grass. So yeah, they're quite entertaining.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, we love it. We love the different backgrounds. We have Dr. Shannon Panzo is a photographic memory expert, a brain management expert, and he does mentoring. Go to zuxpro.com for more information. We're going to talk about homeschooling. And we saw what happened that everyone was being homeschooled during parts of certain things. But now the importance of homeschooling in a lot of ways is important because I feel that you could take control of your education at home and have a little bit more of direction in certain ways, especially if you have the knowledge base to homeschool and understand it.
2: Well, uh, we have been given a great opportunity to break the mold away from public schooling and all this uh, parochialism that has been generated over many, many years of, of schooling, okay? We have had this opportunity given to us, uh, almost forced upon us to start doing homeschooling for our children, the most important the most important members of our families. Uh, That's definitely the children, because you want to have good children and you want to raise good children and you want them to be prosperous uh, in their lives. So whenever it comes to uh, the opportunity this has given us, then we need to take advantage of this opportunity and really uh, take the bull by the horns and start teaching our children how to gain wonderful levels of information, tons of information, uh, be better decision makers, uh, be confident in their world, all the things that the schools do not teach and this gives us great opportunity to do just that so how uh, Neil, how do you think uh, how do you think what I teach for homeschooling, how do you think that relates? Well, it's going to be because it's, again,
1: self-directed. It's something that they can do on their own, and they increase their knowledge base and are much more successful learners after taking Zuxbro.
2: Okay. Uh, Well, let's talk about the parent that has the job of doing the the, uh, homeschooling. Well, most of these parents don't actually. They they look at this situation. They go, "Gee, I don't have time to do homeschooling." Well, well, guess what? We can we can show you how to actually get more out of and become more effective and efficient at doing homeschooling. Because whenever a person learns mental photography, which uh, both you and your child would learn mental photography, once you learn mental photography, which taps into your natural photographic memory. Which you have from birth, well, then it's so much easier and so much quicker to gain huge amounts of knowledge, so that you can quickly and easily get through the homeschooling. It makes a lot more sense, don't you think? It totally does. Okay, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna make this a little bit short. There's a little bit of information, uh, not specific to homeschooling, but I'm sure that you'll see how this can be. Uh, how this can be applied to homeschooling. Uh, if you do go to Zoxpro.com, that's Z-O-X-P-R-O.com, you'll gain a lot of great information there. Uh, there is, uh, and pay attention, there's there's tabs up above as well that are, are just full of information. Uh, you can get Einstein's Distraction Index, which teaches you how to concentrate something else that, is not delivered in school, uh, so you can get that that one for free, and it's just a matter of you going up there and learning more about it, and you'll see just how well this could be applied in your own family.
1: It's huge, because the fact is that they can be self-directed learners, become able to do so much more information more quickly, and become better learners, all By just going to zuxpro.com because great things happen Great things happen here. (laughs) So go to (laughs) zuxpro.com right now. Follow Dr. Shannon on all different social media platforms and make sure you like and share this video because photographic memory is here. It can be taught and only through Zuxpro. So take care, Dr. Shannon. I appreciate you coming by. Have a great day. All right. That was the photographic memory podcast. Take care. Please listen to the Forletta podcast. Larry Forletta, a retired DEA agent turned private investigator, will bring you true life stories on the war on drugs with some of the most infamous international drug traffickers of all time, to name a few. Pablo Escobar, Manuel Noriega, Joaquin Guzman, aka El Chapo, and other related real life crime stories such as Waco. For more information, please visit his website at www.fcisllc.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the COVID-19 Vaccine Show. I'm excited to welcome to the program Dr. Mark Hayden. Dr. Mark, somehow, it, like when everyone was taking their masks off a couple months ago, And you said, don't invest in indoor stadiums. Don't be so to the point this pandemic's over. We're sitting here now where they're pushing, saying that we're about to become like India in the fact that we're going to have a serious pandemic that's going to shut down this country and the whole world as it's now coming out all over the world, this variant.
3: I got you. Well, one of the big changes that happened is that we said last year that in intramuscular vaccines, which almost all of them were intramuscular at that point, they had a few nasal research ones, they had some oral ones, but all the intramuscular vaccines were not excellent at stopping mucosal multiplication. And if you have it multiplying, let's say you get vaccinated with an IM shot, and you get it growing on your lung surface, which is a huge lung surface because you need to absorb oxygen. So you have a huge surface to grow it on. And then you speak, you're going to spread that that virus. It's gonna go up to your mouth and you're gonna turn positive. La-di-da, okay. uh, (laughs) True. However, what most people were told was If you are a goody two shoes, if you believe your government and not only just believe your government, believe the commentator picked out for you by by the big commercial media companies. Yes. The commercial media companies, they didn't go to people like me. No. You know, a lot of times you'll look at me. Look, my hair's not great. I don't spend an hour prepping. I don't spend two minutes prepping. I mean, I've run a comb through my hair one time. I'm not wearing a thousand dollar suit in front of Congress like Fauci. I'm not, this is not spit and polish. And this is just, I want to be judged based on the truth of my statements. Exactly. That's how you should, you know, what you should judge me on and really what you should judge Fauci on. How truthful were his statements. Now Fauci won't actually state a lot. Fauci is pretty smart. He lets other people take information and twist it and spin it. And then they get the talk show host on the today show. And then you're told you're a bad person because you wouldn't get an experimental vaccine. Exactly. And you didn't, you didn't, you weren't drinking the Kool-Aid. There was something wrong with you. Well, I had a conversation
1: with my mother and it was a big argument. But, but, and I talked to her and she told me flat out you're not getting the vaccine. And I said, because I have, I have inside information. I know what's happening. I've been studying this with my experts. And I yeah. have two options. One, if I do get COVID after I've already probably had COVID. I, Mark, you, you heard all the symptoms and how I was feeling awful. Then I got some inhalers and recovered and was fine after a couple of days. Um, that um, And my wife had it. That uh, I learned from this process. That guess what I am? I have my own built-in vaccine right now going in. Well,
3: you know, he, here's my issue with you, Neil. Look, if you're meeting a lot of people, uh, number one, I think you're in Pennsylvania or someplace. Yeah, nearby. but I'm, I'm,
1: st- I'm I stay away from people. Still, so. I got
3: you. But um, I don't want to stay away from people. And yet I want to have an immune system so that when they exhale live virus and I inhale it, I don't have any long-term serious symptoms and I don't spread. It was well known that the fastest way to stop the spread of that virus was to get an actual infection and within 14 days, 99.9% of the people do not spread. Yes. So if I wanted to say I just want to save everybody else and not care about myself. I would have gone straight to huffing and inhaling from positive COVID people. I didn't do that. Okay. Instead, I I took it to my intestinal tract and that developed an outstanding immunity. Now, when I inhale, I don't have any symptoms. I don't spread. I don't turn positive. And that's with the new highly transmissible variant.
1: Well, we now saw you that, swallow it two weeks ago on this program.
3: Yes. And yes. so was that so hard to understand? I mean, when you see somebody swallowing it in front of you, they're not having any symptoms, it's live virus. Is that really all that difficult to gather? No. And not at you all. wonder why the CD I don't wonder, once money begins to enter these equations, and once bureaucracies, bureaucracies buy them very selves. Tend to stick with known, proven ideas. They, when I, when they actually tried, were considering listening, going that path down at the uh, Operation Warp Speed. Somebody in the group said, "That's gross. That's too different than what we're doing already." Uh, that doesn't. That's that's not where the big farm. That's where not where the big pharma money is. We want to save the world with our wonderful. Uh, new high technology vaccines, MRNA. That's what got done. That's You're what got heard. heard. And you know, it's not about truth. Um, in the Old Testament, I think it was Naaman was, there was an old guy and he was told to dip seven times in the river, Jordan. You ever heard of that story? Yes. And he goes down and he dips seven times in the river, Jordan and his leprosy has gone. You know, Eating live virus is not real popular, okay, and it is gross. And we we as people we don't like people that spit on our food, it's the idea that they would spit but on you, our food. But,
1: but you're you've developed it in the way that it's capsule too. Yes, right? you
3: can put it in a capsule. You you can you can put it in a capsule, but that accidental exposure is really what gave most people an exposure during the pandemic because they were eating food that had it on. On their plates, on their spoons, on their forks, on their knives. The death rate in the last two weeks is actually going down. That's right. The death rate, remember I talked about the death rate in Missouri about a month ago? Right. That death rate is is bottomed out, even though Missouri, probably 60 to 80 percent, a majority of Missouri. They
1: don't don't want the hospitals overflooded with patients.
3: Okay, now, now let me tell you how that works. They come out with some experimental antivirals. And while we, the CDC is considering it, you know what they considered? Okay, we get to pay for a hospitalization and we can tell people that they're not on vents, but God knows they must be almost dead because they're in the hospital. Yeah. Doesn't that sound real peachy keen? Because these, show me pictures of how many people are on, intubated, on intubation machines in the US. It's not the same intubation numbers. It's not the same ventilator numbers. The ventilator numbers are down. Intubation numbers are down. Now people do go to the hospital and, and they get, uh, they, they get uh, the, the antiviral treatments and they get observed. And that is partly because the hospital get paid to do it. You know, if if, if somebody's gonna pay me $1,000 a day or $2,000 a day, uh, I might be tempted to, hey, you wanna come by, I'll give you some antivirals too. And Everybody this is different, just this is different than ivermectin. Animal-
1: this, yes. this is not ivermectin or i no,
3: it no. But you know, you've got to be, the CDC is a, um, is highly influenced by big pharma.
1: Right. So what do you think that, let's say the portion of the United States that doesn't want to take the vaccine Rebels against this whole thing and goes after Big Pharma. Can that potentially happen? A revolution in this country if they're forcing people to take a vaccine, like in Let,
3: Canada. Can, uh, 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 let's go. Can are we sharing our screen? Oh, I we gave sh- you the
1: ability to share screen. So okay, go hold, hold on. I'm
3: start. going. I'm going to pop this thing out. Hold here. Hold, okay. Because this is. Do you see see this screen now?
1: Not yet. I'll let you know when it's there. But again, we're talking here to Dr. Mark Hayden here on the COVID-19 vaccine show, the number one vaccine show on the planet Earth uh, since what started as Mark is going and doing this. And now we are looking at events, everything that we thought we were not going to do. But my concern is... And Mark has predicted this, that Dr. Mark has predicted this, as he's going to show us the screen, is that we are going to go to lockdown again because, again, the Republicans are not in control of anything. States that you're going to see a lockdown in the next two months if it spreads. But Mark's prediction is that it's not going to be enough of this. But let's go ahead and see what he has right now for the weekly report. Go ahead.
3: Okay. Let me tell you one of the big upheaval, folks. Okay. Okay. First of all, it really had to do a lot with this little morbidity and mortality weekly report. If you look at this report, look at the number of authors down here. You see all these authors down here? There's about 20 of them. Yes. When you do a conspiracy, folks, try to limit your conspirators to like half a dozen or less. The more conspirators you got, the more likely it is that somebody is going to tell the truth. Once all these people came out and saw the data, to really silence that story, you'd have to threaten all of them and persuade all of them to keep their mouths shut. That's really kind of difficult to do. And so this story leaked out despite the best efforts, despite it being politically very embarrassing. Yes. Okay, so what does it say? Basically, all these people came to the same conclusion. What is what is added by this report? That 74% of the cases occurred in fully vaccinated people. But see, and then we heard that, and that's coming out everywhere. What are you now? Now now get a load of this. Are you ready? Only 69% of the people were fully vaccinated. It actually may, okay, there may be actually, it's either neutral or it increases the amount of transmission. Yes, so this vaccine is a super spreader to get people to get the vaccine. But what about – No, but, no, but here, here's, the, here's the other good point. Let's just go down through our diagrams because when you, when you read one of these real technical things, look for your diagrams. And you, you can see me – all right, look at this diagram. Unvaccinated versus vaccinated. Oh, my God. Most of these people that are getting this are in the fully vaccinated column. Now, I wanna tell you about this. If these people were really looking for a solution, they would have added fully vaccinated, unvaccinated, and people who had had it before. Look, you're screening about 700 people. Wouldn't you ask them, did you ever have a COVID infection before? I would. So you know,
1: what about the ones body. that are reporting fully vaccinated? And get COVID, right. Guess what? Are In they having number, symptoms? Are they still having symptoms and suffering, even though they uh, had the vaccine?
3: They have, a, uh, they have about the same, maybe a little less symptoms themselves personally, but the amount they're spreading is just as much.
1: Dr. Caxton O'Pair said this. We were studying that another episode that uh, yeah. on a different show that Dr. Caxton has and he, another great colleague that really speaks the truth. And he mentioned that basically this is a placebo, this vaccine, that there's well, no study involved evol- in it at all. And that basically this is not a vaccine. This is a prophylactic. Wow. This is just like HCQ wow. or something else. So you're saying the symptoms are less, but But, really- but look,
3: look, remember some of these bars in here, there's 700 cases there. What if the question that you wanted to answer was, in this study in Massachusetts, did the people that had COVID before did they ever turn positive in their mouth again? I think the answer to that is no. That means that the people who had natural infections before are not spreaders in the future. Does that make sense? That's true because you yes, yes, can that's you right. Because COVID otherwise. A
1: Can
2: you get COVID?
3: No, Mark, I wanted a question. Can we get COVID a second time? If you have a natural infection, it is highly unlikely, greater than 99%. Why aren't they saying that?
1: What's that? Why aren't they saying that? That it's better to get?
3: Now, these people have to think about their words. They have to think before they speak. If they tell people, that natural infections were the best way to protect themselves. That will encourage a lot of people to go get natural infections, to start huffing, inhaling directly. Okay. I don't, I have never told people just go out and huff. It's a lot more dangerous to inhale than to swallow. That's right. If you inhale vaccine and you don't have immune protection or don't develop it quickly, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. But the CDC may have had fears that, that the public is too dumbed down to comprehend that and can't get that message. This, this is living evidence that the CDC should have been proceeding along an intestinal immune pathway, that they should have had attenuated live virus as a vaccine and they didn't do it. It is living proof that they should have used the original live virus from last year and they didn't do it. So this is just, it's basically saying the same thing I said last last October. You want to stop a mucosal disease on the mucosa. You don't want to to fight that war inside your body where you're gonna have more side effects. I mean, isn't that common? It's not common sense, but if you study it long enough uh, the answer will dawn. on Yeah, because if you inhale,
1: let's just say a poison, it's a lot worse than if you swallowed it because it could go through your intestine and you could poop it that's out. That's right.
3: That's it. I can I can drink a quart of water, but I can't have four ounces of water in my lungs or else I might drown of, of uh, have a drowning. That's
1: that's a great that's okay. a that, that's a great. Here's point.
3: the here's the other thing. People actually put out a thousand cc's a day of saliva. So if I even took 10 cc's of saliva, which is a whole lot of spit. I mean, that's a whole. And in each cc, there may be a million live virus. That'd be like 10 million live viruses. I am only partaking in one hundredth of that person's overall dose that they're swallowing themselves in a single day. Wow. Imagine this, the very fact that many of the people are not dropping by like flies because they had exposure. A lot of those exposures were so small. They're on the order of one millionth. What what about
1: now we're hearing about children getting this variance very bad?
3: Well, are they transmitting it or are they actually having symptoms from it? Those are two different. When you you say get it very bad, I wouldn't doubt that a child will be flaming hot. That he'll be, it, his mouth will be, you know, have very high titers of the virus. It would it would convert instantly. Uh, the your PCR would show that it's very very high high count. However, I would be very the, the mortality, the death rate, the disease rate among children is so, going to be so very let, low. So let's
1: let's get off of the mortality. So mortality was what we're looking at, which we were looking at yeah. in the first form of the pandemic. Hospitalization so, is another. Spin word right? We want yes. everyone to have health care, right? Yeah. We want right, everyone. Look, want, yeah.
3: yeah. Let's look at what would happen to your kids, Neil. Y- you have children, right? Yes. Do they go to public school? Yes. Or, or private school? They're going to public. Okay. When they go to public school, let's say you just, okay, honey, just get all the kids vaccinated. I don't care if you vaccinate all the way down to the six one-year-old, okay? So you and your wife have a big fight. I'm not not saying that y'all did or anything like that. Let's say in ordinary families, there's this conflict, vaccinate, yeah. not vaccinate. And if you choose to say, you know, I just believe Biden, you know, get a vaccine and it'll all end, right? So your kids go to, to public school. And in August, which is this month, they all start attending classes. What's going to happen at class? It's going to spread everywhere in class. Now, are those silly masks that they, those surgical They're not going to stop it anyway, are they? No, they're not. So the surgical masks are not going to stop that spread in school. It's going to be all over that school. So by October,
1: do you see a lockdown in this country? No,
3: here's what's going to happen. Once all those children are positive in school, they're going to start to panic because they've taught these people to panic. So if you have five kids, and three of them are, are all positive for COVID, and you voted for Biden, and you've been drinking the Kool-Aid, then what you're going to think is you're going to be real mad at somebody, because you're going to think that somebody lied to you, okay? That's not, that's, that's just you're letting your feelings get out of control. I mean, you chose to believe who you wanted to believe, Okay. Uh, Most of the people at Pfizer-Moderna never said they stopped transmission. The other people in media did. They acted that. They kept saying things over and over again to saturate your brain, to try to convince you that you would stop transmission by getting your Pfizer and your Moderna and your AstraZeneca. But but if you look at what the drug companies actually said, they didn't make that promise. No. Okay. So when your kids in public school, and half of them or most of them in the entire – class get positive which may happen in august across the united states and as one parent panics she's going to call other parents and they're all going to go get their kids tested and they're all going to be positive Um, not all of them but a lot of them
1: because it's a super spread it's this super spreading
3: event and so what is going to be going on then you're going to have a lot of backlash you're going to have a lot of anger you're going to have a lot of resentment and and so they're going to look at the people and say, but you told me this would all be over if I got vaccinated. You told me I would be protected. So you're thinking rebellion? No. You know, people in, I want to make real clear about this. The people in the United States have are not starving. People who are not starving, they don't pick up a gun and riot.
1: So you will you, never so get so a large scale then they're gonna- so you don't—you'll don't never get lockdown. a large-scale
3: uprising in this country unless no. you have widespread no. famine. The reason we have food stamps is so that we don't have hungry people that riot. So here's the not question. because not because the wealthy love the poor, which some wealthy people do love poor people.
1: Here's the question. But, yeah. Okay, so the question is, what is going to happen? You don't pre- anticipate a lockdown, just restriction. What about severe restrictions again?
3: You know here here's the the real what these studies have shown in the last week is what we said eight nine ten months ago the vaccines would fail at preventing transmission transmissions going on however most people already have exposures so the actual death rate of the delta variant is very low in populations that already have widespread exposure. That exposure happened by accident, except in a few rare cases like me, who who understood, who presented it to the government, who it was ignored by government. Uh, uh, 90% of the people that have immune protection from severe side effects actually got it, got most of their protection from accidental exposure, but that's okay. I mean, you don't, you're don't. you still dealing with a variant that on average would take you 17 days to kill you. So any type of learning and memory that you have from prior exposure gives you a little bit of edge and you don't fall in that worst case group. Okay. You might have fever, chills, and a little bit of cough, or you may have no, or you may be totally asymptomatic. One of the things we did was, I think, uh, if you look at the Missouri numbers, the death rate in Missouri is still crashed out, even, even though the Delta wave went through Missouri. Actually, Delta wave went through Missouri in early June. OK,
1: so no lockdown. You anticipate no lockdown, no severe restrictions, even though they're pushing for it.
3: Absolutely um, no, no lockdown. I think he has to act concerned. I think if Biden, from his point of view, has to act surprised and appalled, because I will tell you this about Biden. Biden can't analyze data himself, okay? Trump was not a virologist. Biden's not a virologist. All these people depend on so-called experts, okay? Those experts, and those experts are really controlled by industry. They're looking at their long-term career. They're going to make real conservative, whatever suits their career best. They're career people. All right. And so there, when you have a new novel coronavirus that's spreading, you don't get very many people who just go right back to the physics and right back to the basics and say, I don't have to go by the rules. And in fact, I guess I haven't gone by many of the rules in classic ver- – you know, I've really kind of, I've been a maverick. I've been an outsider. Right. Okay. But, so, but, right. but, but, you know, the accurate answers came from a maverick who was an outsider. And really, I wanted to say that, you know, if you looked at the history, it was almost obvious that what I said would work. And in fact, I, when I, I, I recommend the Canadian COVID Care Alliance group, they're up in uh, Canada. I think they do some great work and encourage your regular doctor not to take his mask off to get enough exposure to where he can take his mask off right now we have doctors that had natural infections that when they walk in the ICU if i walk into an ICU in a covid ward and i'm not wearing my mask the rest of the nurses will have it, the nurses will have a fit they'll report me to administration for not wearing my mask in a COVID unit. They're gonna do that because even though I'm not transmissible, because it makes one person look superior to the other. Well, you know, I am superior. If my immune system is superior and I've proven it over and over again, I can't get it. Why should I have to wear a mask in an ICU? And they don't, they forget that for years, you know, for years and years we had infectious diseases, We learned how to develop an immunity and get over it. Go on with your life, for God's sakes. Uh, You didn't go into an ICU and see everybody look like a hazmat. hazmat.
1: All right. So so as we close out, our will reshow. This is great. So great information today, again, about the vaccine, about you're hoping there's going to be little restrictions, but not a lockdown. I don't believe that's the case. I think they're going to try to get everyone to take the vaccine regardless or, or else we're going to find out, uh, Mark is going to continue. Dr. Mark, it's probably never going to end until we have a oral vaccine. Is that correct? COVID disappearing. An
3: oral vaccine is by far your best chance of getting the best protection and preventing transmission as well as preventing serious symptoms to yourself. The public should be aware that the current cycle that we have is only fatal in very rare cases and usually only after 17 days. That variant is spreading around the world by billions of cases. Now, if that variant mutates into something that makes a neurotoxin, it will become a depopulating event where large portions of the population are eliminated. OK, so if if people are in countries where there's no exposure, there's a huge risk that they will finally be exposed to a very deadly variant when they've had no prior exposure at all. And they and those people may have a very bad,
1: bad outcome. All right. And you close out every show with a positive note. Go ahead,
3: Mark. Yeah. You know, um, I'm alive today. And I need to do the most with what I have every day. Lord, teach me to number my days. My days are numbered. If you're alive, you have a purpose in your life. Don't be controlled by fear. Let decide what's your purpose in life and pursue it. Be thankful for the sunshine. Be thankful for all of God's blessings. And and put your trust in God. Put your trust in the truth. You know, men may change their spin on things, but the truth, it doesn't change. And the simple truth is, is that you're alive today because God has a plan for you. So go find God's purpose in your life and you do it. And don't be afraid of death. It's When my time comes, it's my time.
1: All right. Y'all
3: have a great day.
1: All right. That was the COVID-19 vaccine show. Guys, go to antivirusair.com. Check out, just search COVID-19 vaccine show everywhere. Make sure you subscribe, like, share it with your friends and family because they are listening to Dr. Mark. You're not going to be as in fear as what the mainstream media is doing. Take care, guys.